0: Welcome to the Make Disciples Podcast, a short weekly podcast where we will share topics, ideas, and resources useful to you in your effort to follow Jesus as a disciple. Welcome back to this episode of the Make Disciples Podcast. This is episode 11 of season four, which means this is the last episode of the season. Joining me in the podcast studio uh, today is uh, Russell Matherly. Russell, good to have you here with us.
1: Hey, Dan. I'd just like to point out, this is my fourth time on the podcast, and uh, I think that practically makes me a co-host at this point. Is that too bold to say? Can I say that?
0: I think that's fair. I mean... If you started to look for like one of those five timers jackets, like they give out at SNL, that probably would have been pushing it a bit too far.
1: That's it. Well, we talked about jackets last time. Did you get the ball rolling on that Uh, at all? I did
0: not. I did not. We'll have to uh, think about that. Mm. And for those who are only listening to us, which is everyone, I also rolled my eyes, which, uh, you you know, okay. Well, uh, we've had a great uh, season walking through uh, this idea of the disciplined life. And the argument we're trying to make is that no one drifts toward spiritual maturity. God will make a change in us, but we can participate in this by well thinking through and participating in certain spiritual disciplines. So uh, the first thing we want to do today is just have a little bit of wrap of this, uh, a final argument, uh, as it were, for, the use of spiritual disciplines. So, uh, Russell, what did you uh, get from uh, all of our discussions uh, this season, thinking about the spiritual disciplines?
1: First and foremost, I want to say I think this has been a spectacular season. I love um, listening to the podcast and getting to hear, you know, an episode of be like, "Oh, that's my friend talking," or whatever. And um, spiritual disciplines is something that's very near and dear to my heart. And the more that I think about it, in this the seasons help me think about it in this way. It's kind of like, you know, the theology season. That was last season, season before yeah, last season, last season. And, um, it, it kind of reminds me of like, you know, before Kristen and I got married, we went to premarital counseling, which mm. is great, great experience. Loved it. But when we were, um, there in the premarital counseling sessions, it was all this really great information, but there was an extent to which some of it kind of just sat up in my head and I said, I don't really know what to make of this yet. Cause we're not married. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really have a box to put this information in. I just want to be married so then I can understand how to work some of this stuff out on the ground. Yeah. And that's kind of, it's not a perfect, you know, analogy, but I think there is a lot of merit in saying, you know, the the theology works itself out in the Christian through practices like hospitality, like compassion, like going to church, like prayer, fasting, those sorts of things. That's kind of been a helpful lens that I've been seeing it through this season. Yeah,
0: I think that's uh, really helpful. And uh, there's a practicality to that in terms of Growing in our walk, where we have to actually participate in it so that we can truly understand it. I mean, Jesus, when he worked with his disciples, uh, never particularly sat them down and said, You're going to learn this best when you're sitting in a classroom context. Now, as a teacher, I'm a big fan of classroom context, but uh, actually working out in your everyday life is really helpful. Yeah. And that brings up something that was important for me. At the end of each episode, I was saying, for someone who wants to get this discipline involved in their lives, what would you recommend that they do? And time and time again, the answer was just do it. Yeah, You got to make that effort. You actually have to commit to doing something. And that's true for all sorts of disciplines. I mean, if you want to uh, become healthier in terms of how you're eating or uh, in terms of exercise or in terms of learning a new language or anything like that, you just have to do it. And uh, that's kind of the same thing for. This, that, and something else that came up is that there's almost a a reflexive nature to the disciplines where these disciplines help you grow in maturity. And the more mature you are, the more you're going to do the disciplines. And so it plays uh, against each other with that.
1: Yeah. And to that, what you were just talking about, Dan, about um, just do it. As I was listening to the podcast, like multiple episodes, people said the same thing. I said the same thing in the episode that I did. And, you know, I could understand someone hearing that and saying, well, okay, I get that, but I don't really want to go through the motions. You know, people use that terminology a lot. And I think there's a lot there about, you know, I I want my heart to be in it. I want to be stirred. But if you think of something like a discipline, like, I don't know, you know, if we were to ask Sarah about playing piano, and uh, when you were learning piano, Sarah, did you just kind of like only practice it when your heart was really in it? You know, she'd say, well, no, the important thing is even on the days when I just really don't want to play piano right now but I'm going to do it because I know it's what I need to be doing. In the same way, the spiritual disciplines, there are going to be days where your heart feels stirred and moved by God and you're brought to tears or you're you know, laughing uh, ecstatically or just exuberantly happy or whatever. And there are going to be days where you're just like, I just don't want to do it today because it's a Monday, because I'm tired, because you know, whatever, coffee wasn't strong enough this morning or any number of reasons. Um, but the more you do these spiritual disciplines, I'm a firm believer the more they do something to you. And that's the kind of thing that you can't really see until a little bit further down the road.
0: Yeah, I'm so glad to hear I'm not the only one who uses weak coffee as an excuse for not
1: doing something. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> weak coffee is seriously detrimental to your sanctification. It that's is. for sure. It causes problems.
0: And I would say just one more thing here. And uh, as we're talking about these disciplines and you're making the point that you got to just keep on doing them if you don't want. One closing point I want to make is that disciplines are a means, but not an end to Christian spiritual formation. I mean, they're useful, and that's why we did the entire season on them. They're important. But what is essential in our Christian life is life with Jesus, mm. interactive relationship with the great God of the universe, and inner transformation into Christ likeness. That's what we're looking for. And we're simply pointing out that these disciplines have historically been used by Christians as a way to achieve that. So focusing on it simply for the disciplines, we want to make sure we don't miss the heart of the matter. That's right. Well, one of the other things we like to do on this last episode is to talk about some resources, something that may be helpful for you. Perhaps we've been reading them, or perhaps it relates to Uh, what we've been talking about this season. So uh, Russell, you and I have prepared a couple of uh, texts we think will be helpful. So why don't you kick us off? What stands out to you first?
1: I've read a couple of books this year that I think are really helpful with this topic specifically. So one that I've read is, I I mentioned this on the podcast, I feel like every time, I was just saying before we started recording, I feel like every time I come on the podcast, I talk about a guy named James K.A. Smith, who's a philosopher at Calvin College in uh, Grand Rapids. And um, he wrote a book, I think it was in 2009 it came out, called Desiring the Kingdom. And it's um, the first of his, he has a trilogy. It's called um, Cultural Liturgies, I think. There are three of them. And uh, it's the first one where he starts talking about, you know, a lot of us, and I grew up this way, thinking of Christianity as, you know, we would never say it this way, but almost exclusively like an intellectual activity or exercise, right? Um, and he, Kind of blows that up. And he talks about, you know, the philosopher Rene Descartes, who always said that human beings are thinking things and that's all that matters. And that's actually not really the way the Bible works. I mean, if you read the epistles, Paul spends a lot of time telling people uh, about behavior. And not that, you know, Christianity is only behavior modification, it's not. But that there's a link between your theology and the practices that you actually live into in your bodies, right? So he talks a lot about. You know, particularly, um, he comes from a lower, um, you could call it a liturgical background through church experience and things like that. But he makes, I think, a really good argument for the need, like kind of the philosophy behind spiritual disciplines and practices, or as we call them, habits and that kind of thing. And um, it's a more academic book. It's a little bit more dense. But he, I think in 2016 or 17, he released a popular version of it called You Are What You Love. That book blew my mind when I read it a couple of years ago. You know, it sounds kind of trite to say that book seriously changed my life. But I went back this year and reread kind of the more academic uh, version of it. And it was really good. Desiring the Kingdom by James K. Smith. Great book. I'm going to talk about two books by the same author.
0: Um, And I feel like I should put a disclaimer in here first. It's fairly obvious to note, but uh, just because we're talking about a book or an author here doesn't mean we're going to be in complete agreement. With everything they say, and that's certainly true for the books I'm thinking about. Were written by Richard uh, Foster, a Quaker and a founder of a movement called Renovare, um, which is a great Christian nonprofit that models and resources and advocates fullness of life with God, experienced by grace through the spiritual practices of Jesus and the historical church. So great stuff there, and so these books are valuable enough to commend them to you. And so we might not agree with them, or others on every theological issue or on ministry practice. We love their authors and we value their unique gifts and insights. And I mean, we can say this about everybody. I mean, there should be general agreement, but there probably is going to be some disagreements. I mean, even with pastors within the PCA, we're probably going to have disagreements in some way, shape or form with them. And that's all right. And that's also where we want to distinguish our ability or develop our ability, excuse me, to distinguish between majors and minors. Right. All of that uh, said, my first book would be Richard Foster's A Celebration of Discipline. Some people have called it the best modern book on Christian spirituality, and so it explores the classic disciplines or central spiritual practices of the Christian faith. And he argues that we need to use these disciplines. Uh, as a true path to uh, spiritual growth. Now, some of these ideas like prayer and Bible study and service and worship, we talked about this season and there's many others in there. And he organized them into inward and outward and corporate disciplines. And so I first read this book uh, in college and I've gone back to it multiple times since and as a very useful text, so I would commend that. Russell, another one?
1: Yeah, well, just real quick on Celebration of Discipline plus one to that one. I love that book. I especially love where he talks about the discipline of celebration. Yeah. But you never think about that. Like Christians need to be practicing celebration. So cool. I love that. That's a great idea. Um, Another book that I read this year is called Love Thy Body by Nancy Piercy. And I know you're a big fan of Nancy Piercy. Big fan of Nancy Piercy. She is brilliant. Um, And this is a little, it's cool because it kind of straddles that line between academic and popular, right? So you read this book and you feel smart as you read it, but it's still accessible. This is the first book of hers that I've read and um, yeah, had a really cool tone to it. But the idea of it, it builds in the first couple of chapters, a similar sort of thing that really helps us think of Christianity as a lived experience that happens within people who have bodies, right? And it talks about how, you know, kind of modern secular culture today and secular culture always actually has a trend of devaluing the body, of finding some way of saying, well, your body's not really important. It's just kind of like the robot that carries around the ghost, which is the real important part. And it kind of rips apart what the Bible says, like, not that there's not a distinction between body and soul. There is, but you really can't quite tear the two things apart. I heard a theologian one time talking about, if you look at a ham and cheese sandwich, well, if you take the ham out... It doesn't matter which one's more important than the other, the ham or the cheese. If you take one out, you don't have a ham and cheese sandwich anymore. So the same way you can think about a body and soul. If you take one out, make it the most important thing. You don't really have a human person anymore. She takes some more, you know, hot button kind of contemporary issues like, um, you know, LGBTQ sort of stuff and um, uh, euthanasia is another one. Some really good perspective on it. She's really well thought out. I think this is a really important book for Christians to be familiar with today, not to use as ammunition, but to just be helpful, to know what's going on in our world and to um, be ready to give good and gracious responses to people.
0: Nice. Yeah, Nancy Pierce is a great one to read. Um, I'm a huge fan of her. One of her first was called Total Truth, and that was an excellent book as well. So that's great. Mine is also a book by Richard Foster. It's called Streams of Living Water. So practically all of his books have to do with the spiritual disciplines, and this book stays in that vein as well. But it organizes itself into various streams within church history. And so we get to see how different aspects of uh, churches throughout church history have emphasized certain disciplines more. For example, he discusses the holiness tradition and the virtuous life, or the charismatic tradition and the spirit-empowered life, or the social justice tradition and the compassionate life. Now, obviously, there are aspects within this big umbrella of Christianity that we had greater disagreement than others, but we can still learn from all of these ideas. And so it provides a very helpful entrance into the ways that Christianity has emphasized certain spiritual disciplines and helps us to think about it in our own Uh, practices. And as a historian, I'm a big fan of church history and learning about that. And so this is a very accessible entrance into uh, the Christian tradition over 2000 years that we've gotten into. Are you a history person, Russell? I dabble. You dabble.
1: I dabble a little bit. I read a book earlier this year called Dominion by Tom Holland. Ooh, not
0: another good one. Not yeah.
1: Spider-Man, Tom Holland. Although that would be awesome. That would be an awesome I would awesome want to read book. that book. The Christian history as told by Spider-Man. But um, yeah, so Tom. He'd probably give it all away though. He may. He may. But it would be cool because he's awesome. But anyways, yeah, it, it's a great book over like Christian history. The subtitle of it is uh, how the Christian revolution remade the Western world or the modern world or the, the world. I don't remember. One of those things, but um, he kind of talks about like everything that we enjoy in modern society today, in terms of you know human rights and dignity and that sort of thing. Actually, if you trace it back historically, it traces to the Christian tradition. Um, and it's funny because you know you hear in a lot of different corners of people in the world who want to get rid of Christianity because it's antiquated and it's you know all this stuff. Actually, it's funny because they're arguing for that on the basis of Christian principles, yeah. such as the image of God being you know, what gives humans, humans have intrinsic value. Well, where do you get that? Well, from the image of God, which is in the Christian tradition. I don't read a whole lot of history, but if history books are like Dominion by Tom Holland, I will read more history books, Dan. Yeah.
0: It's a good book. And the fascinating thing about it is he's not a Christian himself. At right. least he doesn't argue that he's a Christian. And so right. he's recognizing those values uh, regardless.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I guess he did three books then instead of two. I guess I did. Yeah. That's all right. I didn't read the instructions. Sorry.
0: Not to overwhelm you, our listeners, with too many books, but those are five great options uh, that you might consider. And I guess I mentioned another one. So six. Uh, So have a good summer with all these, everybody. (laughs) Um, It has been a pleasure to be with you this season. uh, And we're looking forward to diving into season five this fall. And so we'll see you then. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Make Disciples podcast. We would love it if you would subscribe, leave a review, and spread the word. This podcast can be found in Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. My thanks to Catherine Eckhart, the producer of this podcast. This podcast is a ministry of Wildwood Church in Tallahassee, Florida.